0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I'd also like to read Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Gentile. Okay? Alright. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Um, or when I said I was sounding loud, I didn't mean just take off all the sound. <laughs> okay. And I don't know if you've... Uh, so, I mean, Easter was last Sunday. Right. That was a blast. Hallelujah, was a blast. Okay. I like the way the sound, guys, just playing with my sound, just mixing it. It's good. All right. Um, and I think that, so, so I don't know, if you, have you had a hangover before? Say the truth and let the devil be ashamed. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, sometimes because you can't remember what really happened the night before. Not like, don't ask me. Don't even, <laughs> don't even look at me. If as we're speaking, some of you are still hungover. You're like, this looks still dark, like the club, but the music is slightly different. But I think that the gospel of our Lord Jesus is the best hangover ever, because after Easter, um, Jesus is absolutely clear what the disciples should do next. He's very clear. So the whole death and resurrection, all the drama, you know, all he's very clear. What the disciples should do next? You read Mark 16:15. He says to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation." He he is very clear to them. Acts chapter one and verse eight. He says, "You know, go hang out, uh, wait for the Holy Spirit." It says, "When the Holy Spirit has come, you will receive power. You will be witnesses for me." You know, he says, "In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all of the earth." is very clear what should happen after Easter. There was no confusion at all. The the question we sometimes ask is what is the gospel? What is the good news? And that's what the gospel means. It's simply God loves us. Uh, He sent his son Jesus to die for us. A man then needs to receive that love. If you were here last Sunday... Um, I said how that for us, the death of Jesus Christ represents the forgiveness of our sins. But that his resurrection was a totally different thing entirely. It's a path to a new life. So Paul will write in his letter about how we've been raised with him that we may enjoy newness of life. So we don't preach condemnation. That's not what the gospel is. The gospel is not condemnation. Right, um, and I think I've said it before how if you went to a hospital and you said um, I think I'm having symptoms of malaria and not only do you think you're having symptoms of malaria you look like you're having symptoms you're shaking, you know all the works and then the doctor just looks at you and goes, ah it's malaria how long, three days your, your tongue is bitter this mm. is something I've seen this malaria before. It's, 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 ah! My brother, you have malaria. This is malaria. It, this, and it can kill you. And if he goes on in that same breath, about five minutes, he's thinking, my God, and he calls his friends, I'm seeing somebody here patient malaria. Real malaria. It's terrible. Is he it shaking? It's shaking like a leaf. I think what happens after a while is that you, you advise yourself, right, that you go seek medical care somewhere, just get healing, you know. <laughs> But it's often the same thing when you then want to preach condemnation because the person is already in a tough place. The Bible says in John 3 and 16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When you read John 3, however, what it does not do is to pretend that it's okay if you don't receive Jesus, if you don't receive God's love. So we don't preach condemnation, but we do not pretend that people around us if they've not received Jesus are separated from God we don't do that the gospel is real good news and and so this whole month you know and i think you know just moving on from the celebration of celebration of easter it's a fantastic thing to consider the mandate that the church has because i personally believe that preaching jesus Remains the most important assignment anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, um, because I can't tell you that I understand everything about the gospel yet. But I I must say to you, like Paul says in Romans one, you know sixteen, that it is the power of God to change things, to transform things. Why don't we literally evaporate into heaven once we get saved? And that would be very, very dramatic. It be real cool. It says, you know, Chinaya, would you accept Jesus Lord? Yes. Well, I'm really thinking about it. And, but, but really, if you do, you know, everything becomes all right. Okay, well, and she just says, well, I confess. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. And then, boom, she just goes off to heaven. Says, oh, did you see her? She's gone. Oh, my goodness. She's gone. She's gone. Oh, she's a nice girl. But she's with the Lord now. She's gone. She's born again. Why doesn't that happen? Because God needs a witness on the earth. And and you know the preaching the gospel is not about asking people to join a local church. That helps. But it's really about them accepting God's love and becoming born again. So, So today we say we... Mission conscious, we believe that there is a mandate, and I like the word mandate because we're going into election season right in our country, and you're going to hear the word a lot. You know, so people, you know, wearing just looking very nice, give me your mandate, I, you know, give me your mandate. And if you, if you, you should have your PVC by now, um, should, let me ask the person next, do you have your PVC? You have your, you have your PVC, David. The way you're not asking people, you don't have your PVC, all right, but. But people are going to come to ask you, give me your mandate, you know, um, very soon. But God has given us a mandate, and I want us to just explore that, this whole deal with the gospel, because there's often a way where we separate the people who are meant to deal with the gospel to people who are pastors, or even better still, evangelists. One thing i like to look at this morning, three things, and BW is going to Pop by and help me with one or two things, but a couple of things. Heaven, God has, you know, what they call foreign policy. So, again, every, well, countries should have foreign policy. So, when you watch CNN, you know, you watch CNN, there's actually a channel called CNN in your house sometimes. I know you just watch a movie, but it's news. You watch news sometimes. When you watch CNN, you would see how they would talk about American foreign policy. So they're very specific about how they deal with certain countries. Syria, they have a point of view. Israel, this is where we stand. Heaven has a foreign policy. I'm not clear about Nigerians' foreign policy yet, on a number. Of, we, we like everyone. Okay, let's bring money to our country. Lots of it. Um, but heaven has a foreign policy. Second Peter 3.9 He says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's very clear how heaven is disposed to the earth and to the inhabitants of the earth. In fact, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever, I underline that, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's very clear what God, is. it's a whosoever from wherever policy. All men shall be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven giving among men by which we must be saved. And so the disposition of God towards mankind in this season is very clear. Everybody, anybody, you know the guy, and and I said this, I think it was three Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, you know how as Christians you can walk in what I call Christian pride, where you become the, the gatekeeper, the assessor, the one who determines the consulate officer who is qualified to be Christian. And so that even when people then come to you and say, I am now born, you say, No, you can't be born again. Ah, my brother, you live in my flat. I, you live in the same block of flat. I know the number of girls that come. You are not born again. And I don't think that even if you wanted to be, <laughs> I don't think you can live the Christian life. Because you're working in Christian pride and you don't know it. You know, there's Christian pride and Christian malice. It looks holy. You know, it has some language to it, but it's pride. Because you are not the assessor. They did not shed your blood on the cross. <laughs> That's a good one. Let me tell the person next to you, it's not your blood. It's not your blood. So you tell them, so you cannot decide who comes in. <laughs> yeah, it's not your blood. It's not your blood. So salvation for who, all, whoever, and from wherever, deep, you know, believing in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every single person is a candidate for the love of God. Everybody. Now what happens with foreign policy is that countries then take it a step forward. They then will send one or two people, in fact a whole mission, to another country. Because they will send what we call ambassadors. Because it's important for you to have representation. And you know uh, where they send you to is important. Today we do not deal with. We're not going to deal with where you've been posted to. We'll do that subsequently. But I mean, you know, to be sent as the ambassador to the U.S. Ah, as a testimony. The pastor just appointed me as ambassador. First thing, pastor, where? you can call some other countries, and I'm not going to say that before somebody now listens to this message in that country, and that feels like I'm beefing them. But you know that there are countries when they say, "Ah, my uncle is now the ambassador to XYZ. You say, "Ah, who, who did you offend?" <laughs> you know that somebody say, "Your uncle has been appointed. Call, I'm coming to visit on holiday." In fact, I'm coming next month. I say, "Yes, come, come." There's some even your uncle is asking you, "Ah, then don't you want to, you don't want to come and visit me?" Say, "No, I'm really busy right now," you know. But the countries will send. Ambassadors, And so Paul says, talking about foreign policy and the mandate of the church, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and you read all the way down, he says, you know, any man is in Christ, new creature, all things are passed away, all things have become new, and all things are of God who's reconciled us back to himself. And then he says he's giving us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to him, to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20 is where I'm going to. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God was pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled back to God. And this is interesting. So Heaven has a foreign policy. The gospel after Easter... You know, the same way countries will then send an ambassador to a new country or to a country to say, go there, represent our interests, defend our agenda, communicate what it is that we're doing. It's the same way Paul says here that heaven has then designated ambassadors on the earth. So I say of myself that I'm an ambassador of heaven on earth today. I don't know if you know the name of the person next to you. I told you to ask. You were pretending that you, you didn't ask. But if you know their name, could you address them properly? Just smile and say, Ambassador Caleb. And <laughs> don't feel judged when they call you that, but just take what the Bible says about you. And someone doesn't even understand that they're confessing more than just... And in fact, you need to call yourself that. You need, I don't know what your name is. So you need to call yourself ambassador. Just ta- address yourself and say, I am Ambassador Follaby Noel. Just <laughs> and someone is confessing themselves into becoming an ambassador uh, to America. And someone is like, yes, amen, amen. But this one <laughs> is even more important. Because ambassadors are on an assignment. And you know what happens is no matter how much they take in the local culture, they cannot become entangled at the expense of their assignment. Ambassadors do not forget. They can't be anonymous. It's clear. They can't be anonymous. On occasion, they might try to address like where they are, but typically, the ambassador will do everything to carry the presence, the essence, the agenda, and deliver the mandate that he or she has been given. I truly believe that a Christian who is born again cannot seek for genuine fulfillment in the way that someone who is not born again yet does. Because there are different scripts. The very It's like, you know, when you go to those exams, you know, and you're asking, Chinadu number 36. What's happened recently is that they've changed the order. So how, you know, David saying, Chinadu 36, 36. His number 36 is different from yours. And so even when he knows the correct answer, and says D, you're not shade by faith. D. But that's exactly what you're doing. But it doesn't add up. Because when people get saved, part of the church, what God calls us to do is about this mandate of the gospel. In fact, um, I've been saying something and I think teaching and preaching at Life Point last two and a half years has helped me clarify this. That we've lived 10, 15 years and a generation has become very purpose-conscious. The challenge is that a lot of people have also then become very... Um, frustrated because they've tried to find their purpose in one sentence. They say, tell me your purpose in one line. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there you are. You're, you know, you're trying to reduce everything that the blood died for into one line. You're like, but you are too special. Your life is too much to be written in one line. But I I've come to realize that the purpose that God calls Christians to is not far away from them at all. Your purpose is so close to you. I remember once preaching about love and I said, I "I believe that love is one of the purposes of life. It's hard to define God's expectation of a person without talking about love. So if you dedicate yourself to a life of love, odds are that you are very close to what God asked you to do. Similarly, The Christian's purpose is never far away from the preaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Never. In fact, I personally believe that the farther away you are from anything related to preaching the gospel as a Christian, the more likely it is that you will feel some sense of frustration. It's not enough to just set an agenda for yourself. I mean, most of us here have gone on NYC posting at some point, yeah. National Youth Service Corps, where, I mean, and there's always you, you know you can't. I mean, I was posted in the day to Gumbe State. We said, ah, oh, pity you, sorry. But and I went and I went, but I didn't stay like that. <laughs> no, no, but I stayed for like for four weeks. Tough times. And, and then God miraculously redeployed me. <laughs> That's the story for now. We'll have to discuss that another day, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> mm, I won't have been here. I almost didn't eat for four weeks. But you know that if they post you, let's say they post you, you your uncle that was supposed to walk it, didn't walk it. If you're listening to this abroad, you're like, walk it, what does that mean? Just let it be there for now he didn't walk in and you just see your post call up letter Anambra <laughs> you know you can't show up at Lagos camp with your bags and your uniform I'm here to serve look at your call up and oh God this is not the... he said no I like this camp I want to serve here oh God no you don't understand Anambra no you don't understand Or you can't say oh there's a girl I like I told her I'll follow her anywhere in this world oh my God and they put her out to Joss You said, I want to serve in Jesus commandant I want to serve in Joss that's not how it doesn't that doesn't respond to romantic impulse. And it's the same thing I find with the church and our mandate is that we, we seem to be taking all sorts of new things and putting on our call-up letter. But our call-up letter is fairly clear. It's fairly clear. Different kingdoms have different agendas. So I ask ourselves, look, what is the agenda of God and the kingdom now? What is it? That's important. Post, I mean, we we'd had a big shout on Easter Sunday. And God is saying, this is the foreign policy. This is the ambassadors I've sent. And I'm wondering, and you know, even as an ambassador, you are sent to different, you can't just shop in America and say, they told me in my country I'm an ambassador. And I, I like how America runs. And I want to be, they said, no, you're posted to Rwanda, my brother said no don't you hear my English I'm more Amer- I said no Rwanda I've always said this thing about you know how it's important to know what is, is going to be assessed on the final day okay. um, exams were always interesting for me because some you know, brilliant students read everything my wife was top student we kind of I disliked kind of student. I, don't, I didn't think it was efficient. Why read everything <laughs> when they're only going to ask from two or three places? <laughs> so if you were like me, you know IBK, Caleb, I saw her definitely. Fulusha, <laughs> you went my faith. You went my faith. Uh, geometric progression. Mm. Mm. Don't sense it. <laughs> nah. It, it has come. And the way he was teaching it, that is, mm, I leave it, God. Lord, you are my helper. <laughs> I mean, you know what normally happens? How when God was then humble you? You see, question one, answer question one, and any other two. <laughs> then, question one is geometric progress. <laughs> is that speaking in tongues? Then that's when you know, start so trying to use the question to answer the question, you know right? Geometric progression are progressions that are geometric. <laughs> but isn't it amusing how that? <laughs> so the fact that you answered the question doesn't mean that that is what they asked. Because you know, I'm storytelling today. I remember primary school this guy memorised some French composition essay he had memorised it <laughs> but that didn't come out so he wrote the one he had memorised <laughs> and, and the lecturer was like where, where did you get your question and isn't it often the case that as a church or as Christians we then want to write our own questions 30 billion oh, that's a good question 30 billion. 30 billion can buy a bit and we put that as our question how do I get 30 billion in the account? Uh, just straight face, yeah, I'm coming where you are. They tell you if you marry, if you marry a nice guy, your life is made and you live happily forever. Two of you just be holding hands, walking down the Lecky Express the road. I want to marry. Your whole life is about marriage. No, 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 I just want to. and, and it's interesting the things that we then dedicate our lives to. Was interesting on you know on, on on Wednesday at the midweek service to um, hear Pastor Toloshinow you share out of the Book of Acts and he said it's called the Acts of Apostles, and it can also be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You um, know, is very deep and intelligent. It's like, ah, even me as pastor, I did not really know this like that, but it, it agrees with things I know, so that's fine. And then I started asking, but Lord, where are the acts of Life point Church? Where are the acts of Volusia? Where are the acts of the church in Lagos 2018? So where are the ambassadors that have been sent? Because when you're sent as an ambassador, sometimes they tell you, as you are going, you have to be firm. Imagine if you're the Russian ambassador in America. You don't smile at everybody. Because you, you should know a bit of our foreign policy. You know those two countries don't really... Even when people smile at you, you take it as... It, you know, you take it as they're trying to tempt you. So where are God's ambassadors on the earth today? And what are we doing? I'm going to ask BWS to pop by. And there's two things she's going to talk about. And by the way, you guys don't know... Where's she? Yeah, so BWS is uh, our deputy resident pastor... <laughs> A live point church. Oh, they love you. No more. You're not preaching. Go back. Go back. <laughs> she even brought her daughter. And I brought my two children. They didn't shout when I came. I'm going to let BWS uh, uh, talk about a mandate and, and, and this whole case of passion and, and some things for a bit, and I'll come back around. Let's go.
1: Hallelujah. Okay, so um, I'm just going to talk about a truth quickly. And it is that Jesus, while we consider our salvation journey, for those of us that are um, born again, Jesus did not cherry pick the recipients of the gift of salvation or the beneficiaries of his love and his finished work on the cross he didn't go through a very long list and tick boxes to say okay so Saul who later became Paul in the scriptures I see a head and I know that oh he has a lot of fire in him he's very energetic he's very well spoken this guy will be very useful for me so check, I will die for him. He didn't look ahead and say, Oh, so PI, I see that. He's a very smart young man. In fact, I need him for a certain demographic of people in Lagos, Leki, Nigeria. Check, and New York. <laughs> I will die. He didn't look ahead and say, Busola, hmm, bad child. This one. She will consume too much blood. Let me leave her aside. I will have to shed a lot more than necessary. God, this one is not working. He didn't look ahead and say, oh, Rolly, uh, this one can pray. She will pray for nations. Check. He didn't do all that cherry picking. He died for every one of us. He died for us. He shed his precious blood for us. Is someone excited about that knowledge? So that is the truth. That is the truth. no one can contend with it but then there are lies there are lies that after having known this truth after having engaged this truth after having become Christians and beneficiaries of the finished work of the cross we then say to ourselves the things that I have done in the past I cannot stand up and say to anyone that Jesus loves them who am I? Who am I to tell someone else about the love of Jesus? We say to ourselves, I don't feel like oh, today I wake up and I don't feel like it's based off it's based off of how I feel. That's what would determine if I can engage. We say to ourselves, oh, they say to preach the gospel. I'm not a pastor. I don't even I I, I don't have access to a crowd or to a pulpit. And of course there is the passion lie the lie of i am not it's not in me to you know share the gospel it's not in me to tell someone else about it's not in me i'm, I'm not wired that way i wasn't created to some people it comes to them naturally it comes to them naturally for me it does not come naturally I'm, i can't talk like that i can't you know i can't i can't engage like that i am not passionate like that there are other things that i can do I can serve. I can live my life. Hopefully, that as people see me living my life and just doing right by God, that they would want to know my God without me having a conversation with them about it. Those are not exactly accurate positions. And sometimes the devil just makes us puts us in that box where we think, oh, I can't step out, I can't come out. Of my, I'm not talented like that. I can't talk like certain people. I can't behave like certain people. And so we stay in that box. And we think it's okay to just... Salvation is a personal journey. It's a personal thing. Let me just do, do my own thing. And then hopefully the people that reach the others, God is preparing them. God has called me to something else. And I don't necessarily have to have conversations with people about Jesus and about his love. It's interesting that growing up there were certain things we were not we didn't want to participate in. For some of us our kids are here. We say to them, "Oh, you have to brush minimum twice daily, morning and night before bedtime." Just think back. Did you or the kind of battle you fought with your own parents to brush once, not even twice? But we brushed not because we felt like brushing or we loved to brush. We brushed because it was necessary to brush. We took baths because it is necessary to have a bath as a human being. There are certain things we, we undertook the pain of studying math and English so that we can be who we are today. But it was not funny then. If we could, we wouldn't. If we had our way. But thank God that we had parents that enforced going to school so my point is this our mandate is a necessity our mission as those who have seen the light is top priority it is very important and it is extremely urgent I don't know if there's anybody here who has had an experience but it did happen to me a couple years back while I was in the bank I lost a colleague she was Muslim. Very sweet lady. Very lovely. She died, you know, before having a child. So she, she and the child died. And for so long, I wept and I would weep every day because I I knew the times that I had opportunities to have heart-to-heart conversations with her. You know, but it, it, it just seemed... Then it seemed socially inappropriate. This girl is Muslim. How do you just, you know, just, you know, start to tell her that, say what, Jesus loves her and all. There's a backstory, but my point is, I missed out on an opportunity to have reached out to her. And I only could hope that, as at the time, you know, she, she passed on, that someone else, God had mercy and, you know, sent someone else because I didn't, Um, take on the call despite the opportunities that were presented so what is our mandate again it says in Mark 16 verse 15 that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone regardless of race because salvation does not respect race it's not a respecter of sex it's not a respecter of color it's for everyone. It doesn't choose. There are, no bar- there are no barriers. There are no boundaries. It's for everyone. The gift that we have so freely received that we will share with everyone. If truly Jesus is that person that has turned your life around, then why would you choose to be quiet about him? Why would you choose to not share? Sometimes it is the people that are closest to us that we, we deprive of this truth. Why? Because we do not want them to judge us. So they have seen us grow up in a certain way. And then you think, how can I just come to them and say that uh, Jesus loves them? They will first give you the look like you. How? Where? Because over time, they have seen you behave in a certain way. They are used to you in a certain way. So you think that it's okay, they're good when they get to church, somebody else will reach out to them, not me. Reminds me of an experience I had, you know, as a teenager. I got born again as a teenager. And I remember the kind of church, my my parents' church, certain things were reserved for certain people back in those days. So, I mean, only people known as vessels of God could pray in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, you know. The rest of us, we pray in understanding. We pray in the spirit, but with a spiritual English understanding or your local dialect. And I remember when I got born again. I got born again in a church that you will be baptized in the Holy Ghost, whether you want to or not. It will be real to you. And I was full of that zeal. And I remember coming home one day, and we usually have like this Friday prayer meetings at home, vigils. And it's interesting. actually respect my prayers. God, how do you pray five hours? And you're just praying in understanding, praying in your local language. And you're just going on and on. Fire, fire fire-filled prayers. At some point during the prayer, I began to pray in the Spirit. And I just noticed everywhere went quiet. I had to open my eyes to wonder what's, as in... Are people still brave? Why am I the only one? How come I can't hear anybody's voice? And they were all staring at me. And I could see the look on their faces like, hmm. And I remember just closing my eyes and gradually my, I, you know, I just started winding down. Because for them, it just seemed like, ah, <laughs> you, you know. But... As the days went by, and as the fruits of the Holy Spirit began to manifest in me, such that I became a changed person, I became calmer, I became less angry, I became respectful, I became, I was very opinionated growing up. I would, you give me one, I would give you two back. My father and my mother, we always had conversations, you know. And of course, that would lead to a lot of Igbati, Igbar, and all the several Igbar's, But I would make my point, no. And I became the person i became the person the go-to person when there were conflicts at home that could only have been the work of the holy spirit i became the person that my father had issues with my mom it is me he will call to report he had business um challenges he will call me to pray with him he will call me for advice same with my mom my sisters of course i was the eldest so that's kind of what my parents in particular I became that person that I would come home. They would want me to lead prayer sessions, not out of oh we, are, we want to train each child, but because they they knew that God would do something through me. Back to our mandate. What have we been called to? First Corinthians chapter three verse nine says we are God's fellow workers. Chapter 2, verse 2 of St. 1 Corinthians says, uh, Paul says that I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and he crucified. When you hear a great song, what do you do? When you hear a new burger joint has just opened up in your premises or your community, what do you do? When you meet a great guy, what do you do? When you watch a fantastic movie, what do you do? You will tell someone else about it, Right? You will share it, you will send people links, you will send pictures, you will tell people. So what should you do when you have found the way, when you have engaged the truth and you now enjoy newness of life with an assurance of a forever life with Jesus? What should you do? Am I preaching Jesus? It's one thing to leave him to live his life to live the way he wants us to live but am i telling people about him and then who are the people that are at risk around me family members my friends close friends that we party together we hang out together all they know that is you don't show up as much anymore but what have you done about them Your neighbors. So lastly, I'd like to end with an excerpt from a very nice gentleman, Bill Highbells of the Willow Creek Church. He says, One thing I've learned is that life's greatest moments evolve from simple acts of cooperation with God's mysterious promptings, nudges that always lean towards finding what has been lost and freeing what has been enslaved. The adventure of collaborating with God involves Bestowing the greatest gift a person can receive, the gift of amazing grace on undeserving people like you and I. So in summary, you and I are God's fellow workers. You and I are ambassadors of Christ. You and I are ministers of reconciliation. And I encourage us as a church to accept our mission. God bless you.
0: you. Hallelujah. when I'm coming down from the stage. Let my children not come and hug me. (laughs) thank you. God bless you. Okay. Uh, If we're in the plane, this is when the pilot will say, put on your seatbelts, pull your chair back. Let me land this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.20, says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Because the gospel carries the very heart, the very power of God. This mandate to preach is more powerful than any human ideology. Socialism, capitalism, social infrastructure, change, whatever we call what man will promise. This is the one thing Paul says in Romans 1 that transforms a person. This is greater than, it answers the questions that are most important to man. It's greater than who wins the Nigerian the next 2019 elections. It's, It's greater than what happens with economies, what happens with cryptocurrency. It's greater than the spiritual battle that is currently going on to make sure But Arsenal win a meaningful trophy again. It is greater than who will I marry, whose baby will I carry. It's actually greater than even solving for happiness because joy in itself is meant to be a tool for you to achieve the very call of God over your life. It's greater than any other set of ambitions we could craft, no matter how noble they sound. Our first set of ambassadors, and I guess a couple more sets, have run their race. So Peter, James, John, and a motley crew of men, without Twitter followers, without Instagram handles, all they had when Jesus heads off to heaven is just a burning desire in their hearts to see Jesus preach to the entire world. There are billions of Christians all over the world today. But well, there are also lots of people around us who haven't heard the gospel. These guys did not have the internet. We have the internet, so we can do better. They had no technology, so we should do it. they didn't even have airplanes. They had no MBA degrees from all sorts of fancy universities, Harvard, Stanford, Uniben, and all the works. They, they didn't have all that. We have televisions, and those people who hiss when I say, Uniben, God is judging you. We have televisions and satellites, but guess what? We have the very same Holy Spirit. It's our own turn now. I love it when we say, not too young to run. So they say, young people, let's run and please run. Run. But <laughs> well, you're not too young to preach. You're not too young to preach. In our country, I mean, it's coming election season. Um, you would the elections go by. What happens is, on election day they count the votes, and one guy says, "No, no, 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 no. they rigged it. I, I my mandate has been taken from me. Ah, no, I'm Caleb. I ran for the election. What's your place? Uyo, senatorial district." And he will come and he would do everything within his power. He will go to the first, I can't remember what the first court is. And What's that called? The Supreme Court is not. The Supreme Court is the last one. He will go to the courts of the court of appeals. Where are our lawyers now? Help me. Eh? Hey God, no. He goes to the tribunal first. I know that. Yes, really, i go tri- See, he goes to the tribunal first. Give me my mandate. And then tribunal says, no, you did not win. And goes to the courts, the high court or whatever. Then he goes to the court of appeal. Give me my mandate. The people of Oyo voted for me. I will not take this. And then he goes to the big, the highest court in the uh, Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, no, Caleb. And it goes to God. <laughs> Preparing for this, we preach about this. this last book, I couldn't help but feel that there were missing ambassadors. People who God had sent to the banking industry. People who had sent to technology. He had sent you to Silicon Valley. People who God had sent to Ikeja. People who God had sent to Washington. People who God had sent to Lagos, Nigeria 2018, 2020. He sent to London. He sent to all these beautiful countries. sent to music. He sent to IT. He sent to social media, to Instagram but the ambassador is missing. And so headquarters have been calling, like, the P.I., do you see our ambassador? I see him on Sunday, sir. He said, but he's not picking our calls. Maybe he's busy, sir. Busy doing what we sent him. I said, you know how Lagos is, sir. And that's a make-believe story, just to make the message. Not, as, not actual conversation I had with God, but I'm just telling you. I don't know if there's an ambassador in this house, who would let God touch their heart. The Bussola said something, our mission is top urgent, top important. Next week we'll do a bit of James Bond. You know, we've got a new mission for you. I don't know who God has sent you to, but it's so urgent and powerful. (sighs) Nobody's taking your mandate from you when we show up in heaven my time is done when you show up in heaven on that day there are a couple of things God won't ask you find an analysis he's not going to say oh my goodness ah that's your Mercedes oh I was so pleased when you got it IBK I told the angels that day that's my son in oh he's not going to say Tamilore, that's your house in Nikon (laughs) I said that's my boy He's not even going to talk about your 30 billion. I hear they have gold everywhere in heaven. The current exchange rates, I'm not quite sure. He's not going to talk about, ah, Caleb, that girl you married. I knew it took a while, but I knew it was what the wait. Sorry, it's not been nice to me. Oh, he's not going to, no, I'm not going to, ah. I'm going to focus. Let me just land this then. He's not going to. <laughs> yeah. But the brightest thing to do is to focus on what God will ask you on that day. And then walk backwards. Walk backwards. When He says to love, He's asking you to build a bridge so you can tell them about the God. not just. I mean, He would give people food and then He would teach them, He would heal them. And then he will teach them. Tonight, this morning, it's going tonight already. There's so many ambassadors here. So all through this month, we're going to talk about four different missions, extremely exciting missions. We'll talk about them. But I believe that there there are people who God wants to change their life forever. If you don't mind, let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. Would you, simple prayer this morning, would you say, Father, here I am, send me. It's a simple prayer. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. I still have questions in my heart, but here I am, send me. I still have doubts. There's still things I need to clarify about theology and doctrine, even about you as a person, Father, but here I am, send me. Here I am saying, I don't know who it is, who as we've shared this morning, you could feel your heart born within you. you saying that there might be a possibility that God will want you to do something different, something more, something new. That God will want you to participate. Boussala said that we are uh, co-workers. That yes, anybody who's just saying, Father, you are my creator. You own my life, my Alpha and Omega, the author and the finisher of my faith and indeed my life. So here I am, send me. I've got agenda, I've got things to do, a to-do list. I've got a busy week in front of me. But Lord, would you orchestrate things in such a way? But I may be able to tell the story, what happens at Calvary's cross with someone. Here I am, send me. Would, there, would you just say, Lord, on a plane, on a train, in the bus, at work, at home, on the internet, on social media, would you inspire me, Father? To bring this gospel to a haunting generation. I have never done it before someone says. But God says welcome. Let's do this together. Uh, Peter had been hiding from Jesus. Denying that he knew Jesus. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost came upon him. And that on the day of Pentecost. My goodness Peter stood up and began to preach and teach. About this same mandate. Will someone pray that prayer this morning? Here I am send me. Here I am send me here I am send me send me to near places send me to far places send me Lord and it's a simple prayer because then you give God permission to interrupt your life to invade your heart to bring things and people before you to open up doors and windows of conversation but it's a bold prayer indeed because your life will never be the same again Uh, a new boldness will fill your soul you will see men in a different way Paul says we no longer know men after the flesh the Holy Spirit will come upon you and opportunities to witness will come. But here I am, send me. Here I am, here I am. Let's take another minute all over this. It doesn't matter where you are. Just say, Father, here I am. If you can use anything, you, you can use me. But here I am, send me. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com
1: forward slash LifePointNG.